Riley Leonard ankle situation. The update we have is he is progressing. He is throwing. He is starting to make moves that might lead to him be able to make the moves that he needs to make to be able to play football. Uh, by the way, the quarterback for, for Duke is who we're talking about here. Um, if he gets back in time and doesn't miss a game, think about the the change. Like, do, do you remember the feeling? And you don't even have to be a Duke fan, right? If you were watching, it was a Saturday night game. It was the biggest game in town. Game day was there. It was Notre Dame at Duke. It was hard fought. The the two quarterbacks were refusing to let their teams lose. There were there was a, quite a bit of Riley Leonard toting the rock and running, and it came down to the wire. And it felt like they had a chance to win. And he gets sacked, and the ball's fumbled, and he's on the ground grabbing his ankle. Whether you're a Duke fan or not, you can feel for an individual in that situation. If you've ever played sports and ever been on a field of competition when somebody gets seriously injured, it puts a pit in your stomach. If he doesn't miss a game, wow. Right? Even then, he went right into the, the blue tent on the sideline. The game was over. Uh, comes out on crutches, yep. melancholy face, and, and, and obvious. I mean, you have... If not, like, I don't think he's having, like, his career flash before his eyes or anything like that. But you start having, like, your season and your season's goals flash before your eyes. Then they have a bye week. Now they're talking like he might be able to come back and play. Even if he misses a game. Heck, even if he misses two. It's a pretty wild turnaround from where our our thoughts and fears were watching him writhe in pain on the field at the end of that Notre Dame game. Now it becomes this. Riley Leonard, when he comes back, if he can come back in, in this week or, or the next or the week after, whatever it is, can he be as effective with a ankle that is less than 100%? Because through this point in the schedule, when Duke has a got-to-have-it play, their number one option is get Riley Leonard on the, the perimeter and see if he can make a play with his legs. Yeah. That's been their number one option, right? That's been their where's Devontae Adams, right? That's been their number one wide receiver. That's been their handed off to Derrick Henry. They're, they're like, hey, when things get crazy, this is what we do, has been Riley Leonard's legs. It's been him running the ball. If you bring him back and, and you're going, well, it's probably not smart to use that as our break class in case of emergency option, can he still be effective? Either using... Uh, Moore and Waters and those guys out of the backfield or Calhoun and the, the, the wide receiving core and saying, all right, I'm going to get it done with my arm. If he can do that, I'll be very impressed. If he can do that, NFL scouts will be very impressed. If he goes from one of the more mobile, explosive quarterbacks in the ACC to a pocket passer and doesn't lose effectiveness, NFL scouts will see that. NFL town evaluators will be impressed by that. And you'll you'll hear it from Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay. Wherever you get your draft analysis, they'll give it to you. That's number five. By the way, big game for them this weekend. Oh, yeah. At home. Big weekend in the triangle for An- football. Another night game at home. State on the road. Do we call it the road? Do we call it down the road? Down Just the get st- down the road. Down the street? Just down the road. Neighbors? Uh, they'll be in Durham. Wallace Wade. That's a big one. 30 minutes before that kickoff is UNC Miami. That's a big one. Yeah. Would have been bigger if Miami knew to take a knee. I digress. I digress.
Uh, that's number five. Let's get to number four. We are the four horsemen. Woo! Can I let you like I, we talk about accountability on this this show? Mm-hmm. Big on accountability. If you if you get a prediction correct, go ahead and say it. Right? I predicted MJ Morris would take a quarter, quarter and a half to settle in. I said, don't get too upset early on. He had two interceptions in the first quarter, but led the team to it for NC State. Led them to a, a, a big, uh, big win and threw for a whole bunch of touchdowns. So I look at you and I say, yeah. I was right. I'll also let you in when I'm wrong. Um, I may have drafted Terrace Marshall Jr. onto one of my fantasy teams because dynasty, right? So you're drafting the rookies? Yeah. I may have thought he had a massive future in Carolina. I looked and I said, look at all these wide receivers coming out of LSU. There's Justin Jefferson. Loved him as a prospect. There's Jamar Chase. Loved him as a prospect. There's Terrace Marshall Jr. Loved him as a prospect. He played zero snaps this past week for the Panthers. Zero. And he's not hurt. They asked him why. He didn't know. So he's he's not very observant either, I guess. Like, can you imagine going into a game thinking, like, hey, I'm going to play on third downs, and you just play zero snaps? The, the thing is, the week before, because Jonathan Mingo did not play the week before. Dealing with concussion protocol type stuff. I, well, he had just gotten cleared, but he hadn't yeah. practiced all week, so they didn't play him. So Terrace Marshall Jr. was the third receiver. Caught a decent amount of passes, mm-hmm. actually. And then, yeah, just doesn't play. Because he, doesn't, <laughs> he also, here's the thing, he doesn't play special teams either. He doesn't return kicks, doesn't cover kicks. So he just literally was dressed to just sit. We actually saw this week one, DJ Johnson, the third-round pick out of Oregon, dressed week one against Atlanta, played zero defensive snaps and zero special team snaps. So this is the second time this season we've seen someone dress for the Panthers and literally not step on the foot on the field. I could do that. It'd actually be kind of fun to do that. I actually would. That'd be awesome. Dress and not play and just be out just there. Just go through warm-ups? new profile pictures left and right. Gosh. Just, just. I might even jaw with a fan or two. I'd like, I'd look so good. I'd be, I'd be, oh, I'd, I'd gear it up. Oh, yeah. I'd, I'd sleeves, little, little three-quarter sleeves, or uh, like half-sleeve action, quarter-sleeve action. Yeah. Uh, I'd be great at high fives. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'd be hype, man. I'd be yes. fantastic. Um. Does it feel like the, you know, they, they call them in, in NFL training camps. If you watch uh, Hard Knocks, right? The Grim Reaper, knock on the door, grab your playbook, see coach in his office. Mm-hmm. Does it feel like you can hear the footsteps going towards Terrace Marshall Jr.'s time in Carolina? Oh, yeah. He was a second-round pick. That I won't say he flashed, like, often, but he flashed occasionally. He has some kind of ability, and he can't even get on the field. And and it's you know it'd be one thing if you couldn't get on the field, and you were playing for like the healthy Bengals, and so their three wide was Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd. You can't get on the field there. It makes sense. Seattle, D.K. Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, uh, the 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 rookie that they just drafted, one of the top picks that I'm blanking on his name. Uh, oh my goodness, that he's from Ohio State. Okay. Anyway. Jackson Smith and Jigba. There you go. Jackson Smith and Jigba. That would have annoyed the heck out of me. If those three are the starters on the depth chart and you can't get on the field, that's fine. It's Adam Thielen, Jonathan Mingo, and 
LaVisca Chenault, and, like, there's DJ Chark went healthy. Like, if you can't grab a couple of snaps there, that's the coaches saying, you're not in our plans. That's the coaches saying, update your resume. And especially because Terrace Marshall Jr. did kind of voice his displeasure with the whole situation after the game, saying, like, he didn't know why. Uh, If you're the guy clinging to whatever opportunities you can get, the squeaky wheel doesn't always get the grease, if you know what I mean. Sometimes the squeaky wheel gets removed. (laughs) Sometimes the squeaky wheel gets the whole cart thrown away. (laughs) There's a lot of different ways to, to look at that one. That's number four. Let's get to number three. One, two, three. Now, you got to be careful in this market yeah. to, to let anybody know who you're rooting for because then their fans get very, very upset. But when you have a good reason to root for something that's completely irrelevant of completely outside the lines of, like, I just want that team to win or I'm a fan of that team, I'm a fan of chaos. I like when when things get crazy. I like when things take like PowerPoint slides to explain on ESPN. Um, I think I'm rooting for by no like I have no allegiance to any of these teams specifically. Uh, Florida State to be undefeated in the ACC, Louisville to be undefeated in the ACC, and Carolina to be undefeated in the ACC. Not like my forward brain, not my outward-facing brain, not my, like, this will be better for me socially or professionally. Just the little devil on my shoulder is rooting for those teams to be undefeated in the ACC because that is a, a tie that will take absolute chaos to break. That would be three teams, Carolina, Louisville, and Florida State, all undefeated in the Atlantic Coast Conference with two spots in the ACC championship and no good reason to tell any of them that they're the odd man out. Think about that. There's, There'd be no good reason, no logical reason that would make you say, ah, okay, to go ahead and take them out. Because the the... If we did our math correctly, and, and we we dove in, dived in, dove in, we dove into the deep end of the the ACC tiebreakers. Yeah. If this situation were to happen, we think it would come down to if all three of those teams are undefeated in the ACC, and you have to pick one to not get an opportunity to play in the ACC championship game. The tiebreaker would come down to after going through common opponents and all these other tiebreakers that would remain tied. It would come down to which of your ACC opponents that you would have beaten all of had the best winning records against everyone else. So it'd be like strength of schedule within the ACC would decide which team doesn't get to play in the ACC championship game. That would be the most frustrating thing in the world. That would be unbelievably frustrating because you tell your team at the beginning of the year hey we take care of our business we win the games we're supposed to win we can be in the conference championship game you will have done all of that and then the acc will look at you and say the reason you're not in the acc championship game is because the acc schedule that we gave you is not strong enough you didn't choose it yeah there was no strategy behind it the ACC gave you teams, lined them up in a schedule, you beat them all, then the ACC said that wasn't enough. That's brutal. 
And I've been sitting here during commercials. I sat at my desk earlier today trying to think of a better way to do it. I don't know if there is one. You could go completely random and just say coin toss. Because then at least you wouldn't feel like the ACC scheduled the part that messed you over. I thought maybe we could, you could go soccer with it. Go point differential. But you don't want to motivate like... You don't want to have a team up 40 to nothing and have them motivated to go score 80, right? You want to get the backups in the game, right? You don't want, like, what was it? What was the UNC Syracuse game? 40 to 7. 40 to 7. Mm-hmm. You didn't want Drake May out there gunning it, running trick plays, trying to make it 80 to 7 just to make sure that if this tiebreaker scenario happens, they have a good point differential. So the ACC could be absolutely chaotic. It's still alive to have three teams undefeated in the ACC when it's time to to pick who goes to play in the ACC championship game. This is a problem with giant conferences. I do have a solution for this, though. Okay, hit me. Expand to 20 teams. You're going to get there eventually. Might as well do it. Expand to 20 teams. We're talking, uh, what are they up to now? 17 and a half? With with Stanford, Cal, and SMU coming in, so yeah. go pick an, up another three teams, two ten-team divisions. They have a championship game. Those champions play for the ACC championship. Bada boom, bada bang. You now have a fourteen playoff within your own conference. So a divisional championship game. A di- yeah, a divisional championship game to play for the opportunity. That way, the tiebreakers can be settled on the field until you have a three-way tie to be a divisional champ then chaos ensues and that's what i'll be rooting for uh that's number three let's get to number two frank reich head coach carolina panthers refuses to say the word rebuild i'm gonna put it like this i don't care if you say the word rebuilding that's just that's just the the uh, window dressing you better be acting like you're rebuilding. You're 0 and 5, okay? 0 and 5. This season is now about next season. By the way, I'm looking at the ESPN. It looks like uh, we have about 14 minutes and 30 seconds till the NHL puck, puck drop. Uh, Let's go. Just to keep you updated on that one. Uh, it's 5:30 puck drop. Just, just to let you know. Uh, going back to what I was saying, though, I don't care if, if Frank Reich says rebuilding. You better be operating as if you're rebuilding, right? Move the veterans that are on the last year of their contract for whatever picks you can get back. You already have a depleted uh, uh, like storage of, of draft picks. Fix that if you can. The play calls you make are almost situational, right? Like... I don't want to say treat it like a scrimmage because you want to win and you want to build a winning culture. But at the same time, like, yeah, tell Bryce Young, hey, this 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 drive, we're going two-minute drill, no huddle, right? Go, 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 speed, fast. Now, the the, the the ebb and flow of the game might not say it's it's the best move to go fast. You might be wanting to drain the clock. But you just want to see Bryce Young in with, with a two-minute drill, right? Like those sorts of things. I want to see. Everything is about the future. You're rebuilding, whether you like it or not. That's number two. Let's get to number one. 
the one. The one day until Carolina Hurricanes play hockey. As I said just a second ago, there we go. How does that not get you jacked up? Right now, if you're not bobbing your head in your car. If your shirt's not off in your car right now, you're not doing it right. <laughs> Let's be real. Call it what it is. If you have if you have a, a sunroof, it's got to go up out the sunroof and waving like a helicopter. It's got to. Don't like, do that while you're driving. Like please, you have folks. a propeller. Please drive safely. Fine. Drive safely. But if you're parked. I say don't take your shirt off while you're driving. When you're stopped, take it off. Then do that. Uh, Predators Lightning starting the season off at 5.30, so we're about 10 minutes away from that. Uh, Blackhawks Penguins a little bit later on. That's a little, well, what is Bedard and, and Sid the Kid? Like, yeah. hey, these are only a few people on the planet that know what it's like to be in your your shoes, buddy. Yeah. Uh, Sid the Kid is one of them. Uh, and then Kraken and Golden Knights, the nightcap, 10.30. Like what you did there. Yeah, see what I did there? Uh, raising the banner. Raising the banner. For the Vegas Golden Knights. I haven't seen it yet. I need to look into it. I've seen a few people talking about it. Apparently, the rings are bananas. Oh, I bet Vegas. Vegas, like there's Should like be. trap doors and things, and like Easter eggs you don't recognize the first time you you glance over it. I haven't seen them yet, but I need to. I keep telling myself I need to check them out. Uh, and then tomorrow is where the real action starts. Sure, Bedard and Crosby today. Sure, they're hanging banners. Sure, the Predators and Lightning are actually dropping the puck on the season. Sure. And the Kraken were everybody's little darling, the, the the two newest franchise. Tomorrow's where the action starts. Canes hosting Ottawa, opening up the season. Svetch, not playing. He'll be out the first, may not even go on the 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 state the state fair road trip. The the Canes will immediately be on the road for six games following their opener tomorrow in PNC. Um A lot of canes after dark. A lot of canes after dark. A lot of those late, late nights. I guess that you wouldn't be in the car then. You'd likely be in your living room with your shirt off waving around like a helicopter, um, which is much more acceptable. <laughs> um, but but I think it's a smart move. I mean, the, obviously the trainers haven't cleared Svetch, so it's not really even like a uh, uh, an opinion. It's not a, a conservative move. It's He's not cleared yet. And everybody wanted him to be cleared. He's been skating a ton. Uh, you, you've you've seen the updates of practice. It doesn't seem like it's holding things back, but um, but he still is wearing the non-contact jersey, and and there's still things that the training staff and the medical staff wants to see him do or see him check off or tests he, you you want to see him pass before they give him the a okay to to jump in there. And I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. Like this is the opposite of uh, like varsity blues or. Uh, any given Sunday, right, where where the coach in the front office are looking at the trainers and saying, get them ready to play. This is where the coach in the front office should be talking to the trainers going like, would another couple weeks help? <laughs> like, what could we, could, you know, hey, like, let's let's be sure we're doing everything we possibly can. We don't we don't need to force him back to anything. We don't need to rush him back. What, what can we do here to make sure that when he's back, it's this fetch who we need and who, who we love? Give him another month. Well, I'm not sure we let's give him weeks at a time. That's fair. We may get to a month. I'm fine with that. Okay, but, end of the month. Let's go to the end of the month. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Let's go to the end of the month. Yeah. Will that help? That that would be the question. Will that help? If they say, well, you know, 
after like two weeks, I don't know if rest will be the necessary. Then I'm like, all right, let's play him. Uh, but if they say, well, yeah, you know, two weeks from now, we think he could be, you know, 80, 85% by the end of the month, we're looking at a hundred. <laughs> let's wait till the end of the month. Like it's, it's, it's just, it's not worth it right now. You've built your team up to be good enough that you don't thirst for every second he's out there on the ice. And that's a credit to you. Take advantage of it. That's a benefit you have over other teams. There are other teams who, if you took one of their three or four best players off the ice, would crumble. And they would be be forcing and rushing that player back. Your team is good enough. An advantage of yours is you don't have to do that. Take advantage of it. I understand that if you break down what I just said, I basically told you to take advantage of your advantage. But uh, but there were more words in there It felt better in my, in my brain. Look look at all your advantages. Take advantage of them. Good coaching. Yeah. <laughs> There's an advantage there. Where are your disadvantages? Try not to be disadvantaged by them. Good coaching. That's 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 me. I assume that's what Brenda Moore is saying in the uh in the in the locker room or not.